Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. With uh, the Knicks advancing to the Eastern Conference semifinals for the first time since 2013, New York took care of business in Game 5, defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers. 106-95. Knicks took the lead in the first quarter and never relinquished it. It was thanks to a really great team effort, as Tommy mentioned. You had Jalen Brunson uh, leading the Knicks with 23 points. You had R.J. Barrett adding 21 points. You had Emmanuel quickly with a breakout game that Tommy predicted on this podcast earlier this week. He had 19 points. And then the front court. What a performance by the front court. First, Julius Randle, who did get injured, and we will talk about that soon. But bounce back performance for the game for the minutes he played, 13 points. 16 uh six minutes and 16 minutes a uh, six assists i'm sorry in 16 minutes uh, before he left the game with the injury he was aggressive he let the game come to him and and he got everybody involved early i think he had five first quarter assists so really solid game from randall until he unfortunately got hurt and then obi Toppin steps in immediately changes the game in the third quarter he has 12 points off the bench and i think maybe the most inspired performance of this game came from mitchell robinson 13 points 18 rebounds, 11 offensive rebounds alone from Mitchell Robinson. He had some big putbacks. He created some second-chance opportunities late in the fourth quarter that helped milk the clock. He was essential to the Knicks sealing this win. Um, so for the Cavs, they are eliminated from the playoffs in five games. The Cavs learned last night from inside the NBA, Ernie Johnson had the stat. The Cavs have not won a playoff series without LeBron James since 1993. Um, a, a really astonishing style. I know they've been to the finals and won a championship, so it's not like they've had all pain during that time. But it's still crazy to think that a franchise uh, minus one player has not won a series um, since I was two years old. So that that is that is where the Cavs are as they head into this offseason. Donovan Mitchell uh, finished this game uh, with 28 points. 
uh, Darius Garden finished this game with 21 in the loss. So um, I'll start here, Tommy. How were the Knicks able to close out Cleveland in the fashion that they did? Oh, man, where to start? Um, You talked about Jalen Brunson. Uh, quite frankly, he was the best player in the series. Um, we talked about it often, and it's common NBA knowledge. The team with the best player often wins. That was the case in this series. Um, it's funny, just before we get into all this stuff, I thought, like, of all the happy fan bases, um, Knicks and, and 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 the Heat, obviously, and, and everything going on in the NBA, like, Donovan Mitchell should be really happy that the Bucks lost last yeah. night and, and Giannis conversation. And uh, there's so yeah. much to talk about that we like that it, it, any if this had happened like on a Tuesday and there weren't many other storylines, like there's not going to be a lot of rehashing of the of the trade. Everybody that bashed the Knicks for not trading for Donovan Mitchell. Um, but that that should be said. And we'll have that conversation at some point. Um, but uh, suffice it to say, um, and, and looping that in, R.J. Barrett outplayed Donovan Mitchell the final three games um, of this series. Can't say enough about R.J. Um, really changed the calculus of this team when he plays at that level. Um, incredible to think that after he struggled, as bad as he played over the second half of the season, and really the, the most of the regular season in general, and then as poorly as he played in games one and two, for R.J. Barrett to bounce back and have the three best games of his NBA career in the three most important games of the Knicks season and his career, respectively, um, a testament to that kid's heart and guts. Um, uh, you didn't even mention Obi Toppin. Um, you know, I, that's your boy. Comes in yeah. the most important quarter of his entire season, maybe of his entire career. Um, closeout game on the road. The player that started ahead of him since he arrived in New York, injured and out. Um, Knicks fans nervous huge 12 knocks down a three gets to the basket rebounds the basketball inspired performance incredible um you know gut check game from obi um you know huge credit to him as well um josh hart what can you say about this guy everything he does um, 47 minutes in this one i mean he (laughs) might be the best conditioned athlete in the sport um and that's not hyperbole um strength uh, uh, agility endurance, everything you could want. He is the quintessential New York Nick. Um, he has been the key component that kind of unlocked everything that we're seeing here. Um, but I think it's important to start with because we probably haven't given him as many flowers as we should have Mitchell Robinson. Um, he yep. dominated this series. He literally embarrassed Jared Allen. Um, you know, uh, mm. 18, not only 18 rebounds, 11 on the offensive boards. Mitchell Robinson had had more offensive rebounds than Jared Allen and Evan Mobley had defensive rebounds combined. Um, that's that that's how you you sun people. Like he literally embarrassed that that front court, um, dominated them in a way that that they didn't look prepared for. Um, and and you know the the thing that I kind of took away um, right from the start. I just had a feeling that this wasn't going to be the Cavs tonight. One, the arena was dead. I couldn't believe how yep. quiet that that arena was. Um, and the other thing was, it looked like they, the, the Cavs front court in particular, just had had enough of getting bullied and beaten yep. and physically dominated. That they just waved the white flag and said, "I don't, I don't want anymore. Like, I don't want to get back on the plane. I don't want to have to deal with Julius Randle going through my chest. I don't want to have to deal with Mitchell Robinson going over, jumping over the top of me and dunking on my brain. Like, I, I just, <laughs> if we lose, I'm okay with it because, and that was a really, really bad sign. I got that sense early on. And like, that's kind of the overarching theme, I thought. 
Um, you know, and, 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 and a lot of it has to do with the front court, just the physicality uh, of the, the, of the Knicks overpowered Cleveland. And it just, it, the, the series wasn't as close as like five games. This game wasn't as close, which is shocking yeah. to say, um, because we all thought if the Knicks win, it'll probably be in seven. Um, but yeah. just an incredible statement from the Knicks. Um, and, uh, there, there's reason to be really optimistic if you're a Knicks fan right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, we'll hear from some Knicks here, but you mentioned the physicality and the physical dominance that the Knicks had, especially in the front court in this series. J.B. Bickerstaff agrees with Tommy that that was difference in uh, this series. I mean, it's the physicality. I think that's, you know, when you look at even tonight, what they were trying to do, you know, in that first half, it was just put your head down and go to your spot. Right, that forced you into help, and now that was more kickouts. That was offensive rebounds. Um, you know, I also think you know, give them credit for sure. Um, I thought you know Jalen Brunson obviously had a masterful series. Um, you know, their individual guys played to their strengths and knew how they needed to help. You know, that experience matters. Um, the experience that those guys have gained. You know, um, you know Josh Hart and those guys like that experience and understanding of who they are and how they help when things are tough and, you know, gritty, um, you know, so, so give them a ton of credit for it. But, um, you know, when you lose the rebounding battle in every game that you lose um, and it's not from a lack of effort, you know, that's when the physicality comes into play. So they're, Bickerstaff right there saying it like, uh, you know, if we lose the rebound battle every game. We're not the more physical team. And though if you lose every game, then that's kind of how you lose your series. So um, I, I agree. I think that this was um, as I tweeted last night, I feel like I'm going to tell my kids about the series with Mitchell Robinson uh, completely dominated uh, Jared Allen. A lot of uh, Nick fans who've been through some lean years and one of the arguments we had to latch on to because there wasn't much to talk about was that Mitchell Robinson was the best young center in New York, not Jared Allen at the time playing for the yeah. Brooklyn Nets and the Nets were seen as this great young nucleus. I think so. I saw several people pulling back those tweets. I'm like, wow, a lot of receipts are being pulled. We're talking about the Mitchell Robinson, Jared Allen rivalry on that was only on the internet and only between Knicks and Nets Twitter at yeah. a very weird time for both of those organizations. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that Mitchell Robinson was absolutely phenomenal. And I think you're right. I think that, it was almost like there were a lot of, I think, football analogies I could use for this game. One on Mitchell Robinson, it was like, you know, trying to tackle Derrick Henry. You know, maybe you, you do a decent job for a couple quarters or even a three quarters. But after a certain point, when you see a guy who's just so relentless, just going after every ball and just push you around and bullying you around at a certain point, you're going to let go of the rope. And when you combine that and then you got Josh Hart flying around also, you got to try to handle him. And those guards got to try to follow him. Uh, it was just too much for Cleveland. And it really ended up being the focal point. A lot of the Cavs uh, writers who were following this series said the one thing they worried about was the rebounding. And it ended up being 
probably the difference in this series. The other thing I thought that was crazy to me was that third quarter. Um, you know, Randall gets hurt. Um, he he he's out of the game. They start the second half with Obi Toppin, and the Knicks actually end up expanding their lead. And one of the things I noticed, and I'm starting to see from this team, and I think it's trouble for opposing teams, is the difference in how the Knicks play when Randall is out there as a starter compared to when Obi is out there as a starter is night and day. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's better or worse, but I think for the Cavs, it was like a shell shock to like start that second half with Obi Toppin and then have the Knicks make it a track meet. Um, the first half, the Knicks were scoring the ball officially. They scored like 61 points, but they were still playing relatively in the half court. They were pushing when they can. Um, but, you know, how we know how Randall plays. He's more of a half court kind of player. Then they start the second half, and the ball is zipping around. They're flying up and down. Obi's getting leaking out for 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 uh, for uh, you know uh, breakaway dunks. And now they're blinking. They're down sixteen. Like it's like when you're playing in the NFL or in college or any football, and you're used to playing you know a pro style team. And then at halftime they change the quarterback, and now they're running like the spread. And you're like, whoa, we didn't we didn't anticipate this. We weren't prepared for this. You know how do we adjust here? And the Cavs. Just they took too long to adjust to how the Knicks were playing. They were playing a completely different brand of basketball in that third quarter, and it ended up costing this game. I think that the Cavs probably thought, okay, oh, Randall out, we're going to find a way to sneak our way back in here. And they tried a couple of times, but that start to the third quarter, which Obi scored all the points. He scored like I think seven or eight points in a row. Um, that 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 ended up kind of really you know putting the game away. Cleveland will creep back in, but they couldn't get close enough to really make it interesting. Agreed. I thought that that start of the third quarter was huge because if there was any, you know, Cavs could latch on to the hope. Okay, Randall's this is the that kind of changes, you know, because there was one moment when there's a big swing in the series. Maybe this is yeah. it. Um, we'll go on a run here. Um, but yes, it just it, it didn't have it. Um, and you know, using to, to, to further your football analogy, a lot of that had to do with the fact that Donovan Mitchell could not get on track, and a, and that what the primary reason for that was was Josh Hart. Um, oh, he's yeah. talking about how he envisions himself as a linebacker. Um, you know, he could have played football, and that's and th- and that's what he did. He just didn't give Donovan Mitchell any breathing room. The shots that the Cavs had to make were difficult. IQ tremendous defensively um, when he came in on Darius Garland. Darius Garland played well, um, but had to make difficult shots. Um, and, and the other thing was just the depth, the Knicks depth, despite being down two starters had better depth. Yeah. You know, the Cavs had to turn to Lamar Stevens. I mean, it was desperate uh, yeah. times. Um, and a lot of that, again, has to do with the fact when you trade multiple young assets and draft picks, and so you don't have draft capital to make a trade at the deadline for one player, the upside is you get a player that can score 38 points in a game one game. The downside is when you need that depth over the course of a long playoff series, you, you, you likely don't have it unless you get, you know, you've, you've hit, you hit, you know, a couple lottery tickets at the end of the roster. And, and the Cavs certainly have not done that, um, even though they got decent minutes from Isaac Okoro. Um, yeah. It, it yeah. wasn't enough, you know. Yeah, and that was that JB Bickerstaff's coaching in this playoff series was not I, great. I, to say I, I said, I, I, the, you know, Cavs, Donovan Mitchell should be happy that the Bucks lost. JB Bickerstaff should be happy that the Bucks yeah. lost as well because Coach Bud probably coached his last game in Milwaukee last night. That was a yep. disaster. Um, and because yeah. of that, you know, JB will probably fly under the radar, but he got thoroughly outcoached by Tips this year. He did a terrible job. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, as soon as I saw him, I put in lineups out there that had Osman and Okoro and Danny Green playing at the same time. I, I was like, I mean, is he waving the white flag? Like, does he think that this is like a December 
regular season game. And ironically, that line actually didn't play that terrible, but almost the principle of the matter, which is like, how do you put a lineup out there with those guys, three guys who are essentially non-threats offensively, at least with the ball in their hands and any kind of defense on them. And you have two of your best players, three best scorers on the bench in a game where you're down. Like I, I, I could not fathom what he was doing on that other side. So, and then he throw in Lamar Stevens late because they're just now searching for answers. I, I mean, he he did not have a good series. So, um, so he he and the rest of the Cavs will go home a difficult end for them. Before we get to the Randall injury, um, I really feel like the Knicks offense really turned a corner, really probably since Game Four, and that carried into Game Five. Particularly, this was I think their best offensive performance. Uh, I don't know if this was the most points they scored, but I think given how they got finally what we were talking about really in the last episode, like a game where a lot of other players were able to support Jalen Brunson. It wasn't just one guy. Like these games, it's kind of been one guy or maybe one and one and a half. Maybe the other guy gets like 15. Another guy gets 20. Like This was a game where you saw the Knicks, why they were one of the most efficient offensive teams in the NBA. Um, again, uh, Barrett uh, quickly having that breakout game. Obi Toppin comes off the bench. Randall looked like he was going to break through, which is so frustrating that now he didn't get hurt. And then Mitchell Robinson adds 13 points with those 18 rebounds. Do you feel like the Knicks offense has turned a corner uh, in this postseason, given what you saw uh, on uh, Wednesday night? Of all the crazy, unpredictable, like unbelievable things, like imagine I told you the before the series, Knicks win in five. Then I tell you that the Knicks win game five in a closeout game in Cleveland, in which, in the second half, Julius Randle scores zero points because he's hurt. Jalen Brunson goes 2 of 11. This is maybe the worst half he's played, you know, uh, of the series. And the Knicks still outscore the Cavs in that second half to win game five in a closeout game in Cleveland. Um, It just, it it really is remarkable. And again, a lot of that has to do with um, RJ Barrett, uh, again, tremendous. uh, And just the the all around, uh, you know, the the versatility, Emmanuel quickly, um, you know, again, he stepped up and and Obi Toppin was the Knicks leading scorer in the second half. Um, Yes. To your point, um, the change of pace that picks up uh, Hart and and Obi are a perfect combination alongside each other. Um, Looking to gun outlet passes to each each other uh, consistently, um, you know, that, and, and that was one of the things, how are the Knicks going to score against this top ranked Cleveland defense? One of the ways was take care of the basketball, just 10 turnovers last night. We've talked about the rebound advantage. Another secret sauce thing is the Knicks taking care of the basketball um, again, just 10 turnovers. Um, and the other thing that we fa- that, that they took advantage of in the series, was getting easy buckets before Cleveland was able to set. A lot of that has to do with Josh Hart. Every time the Knicks got a turnover this entire series, they looked for yeah. Josh Hart, wherever he was. Here, you go and, and figure it out. Um, yeah. You know, anytime they got a long rebound, Josh Hart and push the pace. And it's just kind of contagious. Um, and Obi obviously fed into it. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about Randall next. Um, we'll see how he yeah. comes back. But um, even when Brunson struggles, um, you know, Hart is kind of a piece that unlocks so much. IQ, you know, can step in and step up. Obi presents a different dynamic. Hartenstein, a, a versatile offensive player. Mitch Rob crashing the offensive glass. 11 offensive rebounds by one player. I mean, that's 11 possessions. It's huge in, in, yeah. in, in a game. Um, and it'll be even more important um, in the Miami series when the scores are even, you know, because Miami struggles uh, offensively as well. So um, just, a, again, a lot to like. A, you know, um, it, this game is is important for a number of specs, but, you know, it, 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 
In, instead of having to play game six at home with a gimpy Randall and or no Randall, now you buy yourself four extra days of rest and you, you have game one instead of a game six. So, um, you know, it just a really, really impressive all around victory from the Knicks. It definitely was. Uh, before we get to Randall, I will give Tom Till the final word on uh, kind of what this win means for the franchise and what this win means for the city. I think, you know, and I've said this many times that uh, the tradition of the Knicks, what what it le- uh, means not only to the city, but the league. Uh, and we have what I feel are the best fans in the world. We have the best city in the world, the best arena in the world. And I think that the way this team plays, it resonates with with all our fans. They play hard, they, they play smart, and they play together. And I think if you do that in New York, it'll be it's it's always recognized. Um, so it, it's good. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, we have a lot of areas to improve upon. So we're looking forward to the next challenge. Next move on to win uh, that series. They are now going to the conference finals. So 